Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Praise the Lord. For you that would like to have one, we've got some of our uh, some of our confessions up here by the pulpit. So if you want to get one after the service tonight, we have healing confession, prosperity confession. Let's see what else we have here. New creation confession, wisdom and knowledge and the will of God confessions. All kinds of good stuff. Confession over the word and confession over your offering. Now, I'm going to lead you in a confession tonight. There was a minister on TV, they, and you know how TV does. They'll, they'll twist people's words. And so they twisted some wonderful minister's words to say there is no flu. Well, there is a flu. We know that. But we got something better called healing. Amen? So say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. You are Jehovah Rapha, the healer and the health of my body. For Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, chastisement my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread, my water. Take all sickness, all symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I forget not his benefits, who forgiveth all iniquity, healeth all disease, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Father. You've delivered me from the power of darkness, translated me into the kingdom of your dear Son. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. And the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells, abides, lives in me. It quickens, makes alive my mortal body. Therefore, I declare in my bones, my blood, my marrow, my glands and organs, I am the healed of God. I resist colds, the flu, seasonal allergies, anything that would come upon me. I resist it by the Word of God and in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am I am the healed of God. Now thank God for it. Come on, thank God you're healed. Oh, we thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, you know, we're gonna we're gonna fight this flu epidemic every way we can. Amen. I tell you, it's not of God, it's of the devil. Some of you weren't here when we started the service by making a healing confession. But listen, let's do this tonight. If you feel like something's trying to come on you, I know one particular time the devil attacked me with shingles. And I felt it coming on me for a week. 
I mean, it'd come on, I'd fight it off. It'd come on, I'd fight it off. It'd come on, I'd fight it off. And uh, I got up on a Friday morning, and Leah said, have you seen yourself in the mirror? And I said, no. And when I went and saw myself in the mirror, it came on me. Amen. Well, you know, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you're going to be dealing with this for probably six months. I dealt with it for three days. But you have to come to a place in your life where you resist. Amen. Let me, let me just give you something to consider. When you get to heaven, you'll find there are no stores there. And you'll find something else out. There's no money there. You say, what do you mean there's no money in heaven? The system of the exchange of currency for goods. Now, now don't get mad at me for saying this. But the systems of exchanging currency for goods is not of God. Did you know that? Most people are like, oh, my God, how can you say that? If we didn't exchange currency for goods, we didn't have anything. That's right. You're right. The system of exchanging currency for goods is not of God's. That's part of the devil's kingdom. And God didn't want any part of it because he says this, I'll supply all of your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a statement made spiritually. And literally, when you get to heaven, you'll find out that all that God has, he has used it to provide humanity with free of charge. It's man that has come and taken it over and created a system of exchange. That's the world system. That's what's called the cosmos in the Word of God. Now, with that in, in, in mind, we must understand God has to go into that system. He must go into that system and do things supernaturally in that system in order to get people to respond to his bidding and his demand so that the body of Christ can be supplied supernaturally. Now that happens in all kinds of ways. People give, people, people, uh, they, they, you know, you've got these big businesses like uh, Chick-fil-A and what, what's the other one? Hobby Lobby. Now I don't know if you know much about them. You ought to go study them. They give millions. These guys that, they're, that, 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 they're, that are the head of this, these corporations give millions. I know that Hobby Lobby paid off Oral Roberts University. They were $44 million in debt, and they wrote two checks and paid them off. $44 million. That was just in one year. Now, they, they, they literally are in business to make money for one purpose. That's to give into the kingdom of God. That's why God blesses them so much. Amen. If you're in business, you might hear that. Amen. That's why God blesses them so much. That's why, you know, that, that, that's why they give the way they give. But we must understand that it takes time. Many times healings can be instantaneous. Many times other things that God does. But God has to get into this system and begin to work and begin to do things. I remember we were in a meeting one time, and there was a lady in that meeting that had maxed out her, her whatever it is that you do to get raises. Your, 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 she worked for Walmart. She had been at Walmart for 20-something uh, for years, and she had gotten to the top of her pay grade. And she had not had a raise in six years. And even when requesting a raise, because twice in those six years she got promoted to a higher job, but that higher job still did not afford her any more money because she was at the top of that pay scale. And they literally told her, her managers that were there told her, there's no way you can get a raise. There's no way. You're at the top of your pay scale. You've been here all these years. The best thing you could do was re be retired. Well, she couldn't retire. She had a family. And back then, in those days, we used to do a Tuesday night Empire to Prosper meeting when we taught on prosperity. We had all kinds of miracles. God paid off churches, paid off houses, did all kinds of stuff. Now, she sowed some money into one of those offerings on a Tuesday night. 
On Wednesday, when she went into work, they called her into the office. She said she was a little intimidated at first because not only was the manager of the Walmart there, uh, there was also some other officials from Walmart there in that office. And she said when they came in, she noticed there was some paperwork on the, on the table. And she said, uh, she said they looked at her and said, you know, we've never done this in any of our stores with any of our people. But, you know, you're such a good employee that, that just, you know, uh, people up the chain of command kept hearing about you and hearing about you and hearing about how you hadn't had it. So what we're going to do is we're going to catch you up for six years of raises. And so they wrote her out this big check for several thousand dollars that caught her up on everything she made. And then they said this, we're going to take the cap off you. Not off anybody else, but off of you. So that you can begin to get raised. Now God did that supernaturally working within this fallen system. Amen. Amen. Dr. Roberts was, you know, the, the Lord spoke to him and said, you know, he needed $9 million. And listen, people don't understand. He, he made the statement, you know, that, that, that if he didn't get this, that the Lord would take him home or that he would die. Well, people don't understand the pressure that's on men when they're in a ministry that large. Basically, what he was saying was, is if I don't get this money, I really don't care to hang around here because the pressure of this debt is too much for me. That's what he was saying. So as he began to pray, God spoke. Now listen to this. God spoke. God spoke to a man that wasn't even saved and made the man mad. He told the man, you go pay off all Robert's debt. He made this statement. I knew it was God and it made me mad. And he drove up to Tulsa. He owned a racetrack down in Tampa, Florida. And he drove up to Tulsa Walked into the office mad, wrote a check for $9 million mad, and walked out mad. Well, I'll leave it with you that. Just trying to tell you, you need to keep your faith up and your expectancy out there because God's got 10,000 ways from Sunday to bless you if you'll just obey His Word, tithe and offer, and trust God. And when somebody walks up to you and says, I don't know why I'm doing this, you need to say, I do. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're studying the mercy and compassion of God. Oh, God is a merciful God. God is a compassionate God. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man or of men, but in the power of God. Now notice that again. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, Notice the term, your faith should not stand. Everybody say stand. Ephesians chapter 6 says, and having done all, stand. Everybody say stand. Now a lot of people's problem is, is they try to believe God without having done all yet. Having done all, that's what we've been teaching on on our Sunday services. You've got to do all. You've got to get the Word of God on the subject that you're believing God for. If you're believing God for finances, you need prosperity scriptures. If you're believing God for healing, you need healing scriptures. I say you need them all so that you can fight a preventative fight instead of trying to spend a life in recovery. That's a better way to live because faith works best on offense, not defense. 
So we must understand that when we believe God, when we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth because of the Word of God, and we begin to stand in faith, our expectancy of that which God is going to do is not natural but supernatural. Now let me say that again. Some of you need to realize that. Our expectancy of what we expect God to do is not natural but supernatural. That is the power of God. Or I like to say it like this. That is the glory of God in manifestation. Now, Jesus, when he walked on the earth, in his earth walk, this is such an amazing truth to me. Most of what we would call mainline denominational teaching of their ministers in their seminaries teach the manifested deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me, let me help you on that, quote, doctrine. The manifested deity of the Lord Jesus Christ is that which we make observation of in the four Gospels. When Jesus did things like walked on the sea, calmed the storm, healed the sick, raised the dead, they call that the manifested deity of the Lord Jesus Christ or the manifested deity of God on the earth. That is totally wrong, totally erroneous, and against the Word of God. Never one time did Jesus ever do something supernatural and said, I'm going to do that to prove my deity. He never did it. He never said it because he was not here in the position or in the anointing of his deity. He was here in the anointing of a man upon the earth anointed by the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says in Acts 10.38 that he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. What he was doing is he was manifesting the mercy and the compassion of God. Come on church. God's mercy healed that blind Bartimaeus. God's compassion healed that woman with the issue of blood. God's mercy and compassion healed those ten lepers. It was his mercy and compassion that was in manifestation. But it wasn't Jesus going around saying, I'm going to show you some God tricks. I'm going to show you what it would be like if God walked around on the earth. I'm going to heal this blind man. I'm going to heal this leper. I'm going to show you what it would be like. If you were God, you could do this, but you're not God, so you can't do this. Never did he say that. Never did he do that. And never did he claim the credit for one miracle. Woohoo! That ought to put up a flag. You say, what do you mean? Any preacher that claims a, uh, a credit for any miracle that happens in their ministry done God in the ditch. Amen. I say, well, my anointing, my gifting, my this, my that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Jesus came to the earth to manifest the mercy and compassion of God, but not as a God walking upon the earth, but the good news is, is a man walking upon the earth in correct relationship to his God, anointed by the Holy Ghost. So afterwards, after he dies on the cross, raises from the dead, is seated by the right hand of the Father. And man, I got to meditating on this a couple of weeks ago, and it just exploded in me. God honored His Son. Now hold on. God honored His Son. God honored His Son by doing what? By taking a part of the essence of the both of Him and giving it to Jesus. Amen. He delivered unto Him the person and the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus could have said, well, great. All of this power, 
nine gifts of the Spirit. Why, when I was on the wall, walking on the earth, even though I was not God, I was walking in a full measure of that Spirit. He was. The Bible says in John chapter 3, he had the Spirit without measure. Amen. But he was not stingy. He was not greedy. Why? Because he's got mercy and compassion. So on the day of Pentecost, instead of retaining that Spirit unto himself, what did he do? He poured it out on the church so that the church could do what? The same thing that Jesus did. Go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil for God is with us. Amen. So when we begin to realize that when we experience little moves of the Spirit and that which God does and the presence of God coming into services and people getting healed and the power of God in manifestation, all of those are just literally a duplication of that which Jesus walked in on the earth. We have a measure of it. He was without measure, but we have a measure of it. Therefore, we ought to learn to enjoy that and recognize that God is doing the same thing as He was doing back in the days in which Jesus walked on the earth. He's trying to get his mercy and his compassion to hurting people. See, the enemy knows this. That's why he resisted Jesus. That's why he resisted the apostles in the book of Acts. And that's why he resists us today. Amen. Because there are several things that have to do with character, have to do with our own lives, that have to do, do with our living. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you're never going to flow in the power of God if you don't live right. A lot of people don't understand that. Well, you know, I'm going to go out and just do this and do this. No, you're not. You have to learn to live right first. And it is learning to live right. You've got to learn to walk in love. You've got to learn to reject sin. You've got to deal with ambition. You've got to deal with ego. There's all kinds of things. And one of the worst things for Christians is success. It's the most intoxicating thing to get a prayer really answered. Got quiet in here on that one, did it? I mean, where you stand in faith and bless God and it happens and you glory to God. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what my faith has done. Look what my prayers have done. <laughs> no, honey, it's just the mercy and the compassion of God. That's all it is. It showed up because you obeyed some principles and truths when it came to faith. But in reality, it was the mercy and compassion of God that you had faith in. And God showed up in His mercy and compassion and blessed your life. Amen. The demonstration of the Spirit... Revealed the mercy and compassion of God. Now notice this. The book of Acts is documentation of the church stepping into the realm of the Spirit through demonstration. Now there are two realms to the demonstration of the Spirit. There's the natural and spiritual realm. Now for the most part the church totally rejects natural manifestations of the Spirit. You say what do you mean by natural manifestations? Spirit motivated but naturally yielded to uh, the joy of the Lord, dancing, running, shouting, anointed worship and praise. You know, there's the, the term that is always used is reverence. You must have reverence in the house of God. So they formed the word reverence to mean everybody stands there like a wooden Indian, amen, and gives no expression of anything working on the inside of them. But then you're allowed, once you leave the church, 
to go to the to go to the football game or the basketball game or the baseball game or the rodeo or the or the whatever and scream your head off and add your emotion to any kind of natural sporting event that's going on in the earth. Dr. Lester Summerall said the biggest religion in the earth today is the worship of pigs. Worship of pigs. He says, yeah, every Sunday in America, September through January, they blow up a pig skin and they throw it in the air and everybody lifts their hands to it. Dr. Summerall said that. I didn't. Amen. I thought it was pretty good, though. But at a football game, you can lose your inhibitions, especially if your team's the one winning. We watched the, the, the last part of the Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, I thought it was really cool because uh, 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 I what it was about, about the last ten minutes maybe five minutes ten minutes something like that I'd been watching bull riding Leah had been flying around the room with her wings you know how she does <laughs> she's just an angel anyway <laughs> I'll get hit for that one when I get home so we turned it on and a, and a play happened and the and and one team made the other one fumble. And they flashed up to the, to, the, to the box where the owner, it looked like the owner and his son. And his son was going like this, <laughs> praising God, you know. So they, they got that camera off him real quick, you know. And uh, then after the, after the game was over, you know, and I know those reporters hate it. You know, when they come up to somebody and say, well, what do you think of this? Well, first thing I want to do is I want to give all the glory and all the praise to Jesus Christ. And they're like, oh, we're asking you about the football game, you know. So what those guys do is they're reserving the praise of what went on and giving it to God. Now, that's happening more and more and more and more. And what's amazing about that is that football players and baseball players and basketball players are doing it, but you can't get the church to do it. Amen? So when it comes to a natural manifestation of the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God begins to move. Now, there's, there's, people, there's people that, and I, I was in that boat, especially growing up. We grew up in a church where we had a lot of natural manifestations of the Spirit. People ran. People danced. I saw people literally dance their shoes off their feet. They shouted. They did all kinds of things. The glory of God would come out. I mean, it was crazy. And I used to think, as a, especially when I got about 10, 11, or 12 years old, I would think the last thing I would ever do is that. You know, my mom, she used to, my mom, she's a Holy Ghost woman. She's one of those old Pentecostal Holy Ghost. And she'd always try to get us to raise our hands. And, you know, she'd say, I'd, I'd always, we kind of sat next to her like, Dad, Mom, then me, and Cheryl, and Alan. And so she'd say, raise your hands, Rusty, and I'd, I'd just go like this. And she'd say, raise your hands, and I'd say. And then she'd pinch me right here, right where your, your arm and your kind of your, the bottom part of you. She'd just pinch me, raise your hands, and I'd go like this, like I was doing a Hitler salute, you know. <laughs> Amen. But out of that came blessing. I asked Brother Hagin one time, I said, well, what, what, what difference does it make? He says, God's just trying to bless people. People give expression to that which God's doing in their life, in their spirit. And actually what it is, it's you're learning to glory in the God of your salvation or give Him the emotion that He deserves. 
So I heard Brother Hagin make a statement. He said the same thing. He said he pastored a church up in the badlands of West Texas, the uh, big farming community, and he said it was a very spiritual church when he took it, and people would dance. He said the Spirit of God would be moving, and, and people would dance. And he said, you know, he said, I used to sit there and say to myself, I ain't nothing. If, if God ever wanted me to dance, he's just going to have to pick me up and throw me on the floor. He said one time they had a little evangelist that came and spoke, a woman. And she would dance people down to the altar. And she literally one night got up on the altar with her shoes off and danced across the altar and ended up hanging out in the middle of the air and came back on the altar without ever falling on the ground. He said it was incredibly supernatural. He said, but one night she sang this little song and started dancing. And some people in the church started dancing. And he said, well, bless God, here it goes. And he said, so I jumped off the platform in the flesh. But when I landed on the ground, I was in the spirit and began to dance. And so he said, as I began to dance, he said, they told me later I danced so hard that my coattails flew out behind me as I spun around dancing. Now, his statement was, is as people would begin to yield to a natural manifestation. You say, now what do you mean by natural? That means you start something in the natural and the Spirit takes it over. Amen. A shout, a run, a dance, a laugh, uh, something you connect, but it's the Spirit of God working something on the inside of you and you make a decision to yield to that and you step out in the natural. And once you step out in the natural, then the Spirit of God takes over. And I remember being, you know, I mean, uh, uh, being in ministry and, and, you know, the first couple of two or three years, and then Lee and I got married, continued to pray, uh, minister, and we began to have stronger and stronger moves of the Spirit, spiritual manifestations of the Spirit. I'll talk about that. I'll probably get to that next week. Where there were, you know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gifts of healing and operation, things like that, where the Spirit of God would initiate it, would come and initiate it, and the power of God would come into manifestation. But I could sense something was trying to break loose. Something was trying to happen. And I had gotten injured in a snow skiing trip. And actually, both of my knees popped, sound like a shotgun went off. And I, and I just, you know, I was in pain. I was crippled around there, walking around, kind of half crippled for about three months. I think we even made a, Alan and I even made a trip to Nicaragua, held some meetings in Nicaragua. Man, I could hardly walk, man. I had so much pain. And I was at Cathedral of the Palms, uh, Gloria Forjato's the pastor, still the pastor to this day, in Corpus Christi, Texas. And I was sitting up there getting ready to preach, and my knees were throbbing. Both knees were throbbing. And so the Spirit of God began to move. And there were natural manifestations of people begin to run. I remember about 15 or 20 people started running around the church shouting. And the more they ran, the stronger the anointing got. They were running and shouting, running and shouting, running and shouting. And the Holy Ghost said to me, dance and your knees will get healed. So I jumped up and danced across the platform, danced back across the platform, danced back across. And danced back. I remember I went up, back, up, back, and flopped down in the chair. In that church they have the ministers sitting on the platform. And I remember flopping back down in that chair, and the first thought that hit my mind was this. I didn't feel a thing. I felt nothing. And then all of a sudden, I felt something. He said, what did you feel? My knees were on fire. My knees hurt so bad, I literally held onto the pulpit like this and preached my sermon that morning. 
didn't pray for anybody, told everybody, come back tonight, we'll pray for you, this and that. Went, went to lunch with Sister Gloria, and, and what was her husband, David, and David, and, and went to lunch with him. Went to my hotel room, it was like, oh, man, laid on the bed, like, oh, my knees, my knees, my knees. And I fell off to sleep, and I woke up, and I had no pain. I had no pain. And I went to the service that night, and I walked all around preaching, and I kept looking for the pain. I couldn't find the pain. And I've been looking for about 25 years, and I still can't find the pain. It's not there. Now, that shows you how yielding to a natural manifestation activates what? The mercy and compassion of God. Amen? So what's working in you? Now, uh, I don't have time. We'll pick that up next week. What's working in you needs to find expression through you. The Bible says in the book of Acts, so mightily grew the word and prevailed. Well, they didn't have some book somewhere that was growing. What was going on was the word being taught was being assimilated and responded to. Information can cause you to have a reaction. Amen? I mean, somebody walks in, walks, you know, they're dressed in some delivery outfit and say, hey, is, is John Doe in the service? And John Doe say, you know, I've got a publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes check here for you. It uh, looks like, let me look in a $10 million. Did you know that information will stimulate a response? Uh, I'm John Doe. You can just bring it over here. Thank you. Now, now really think about that. There is information that can come into your life that will stimulate responses. That's why you need to value the revelation of the Word of God. Because when something from God's Word really comes into your life, what is it? It's God's desire to manifest His mercy and compassion in your life and set you free or bless you or increase you or break loose something in you. But you've got to begin in your stand of faith to give expression to what's on the inside or what's working on the inside. That's why so many people never give expression to what's working on the inside of them because they don't have anything working on the inside of them. That's why it's so important to study, meditate, read, and have the Word of God taught to you because one word from God can change your life, can set you free, can deliver you. When I was in Bible school at Lakewood, it was back in the, the mid-'80s, 84, Brother Osteen preached on the 91st Psalm. There a lady came. She got, oh, we used to have altar calls up Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sundays. There'd be anywhere from 30 to 200 people up there getting saved. Well, this is one of those little ladies that just came up and got saved, you know. And Brother Osteen had preached on uh, Psalms 91. And she was at her job, worked somewhere in downtown Houston, and was, and was going to get in her car and was attacked by two men. And so she, all she remembered from that message was feathers. So she just started screaming, feathers, 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 feathers. She said, those two guys just took off running. They just took off running. Well, they probably saw a little more than feathers. You know, that's in, that's in Psalms 91. Under your wing, under his feathers, you, you will trust. Listen, that one word was a revelation in her, but she gave expression to it. That's why we've printed these confessions for you to 
walk in your prayer closet and during the day, oh, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that by His stripes I'm healed, that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ makes me free from law of sin and death. And thank you, Father, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells, and you've done that for a year, you've done that for two years, you've done that for a week, you've done that for three days, but all of a sudden a symptom comes on you, and you say, wait a minute, Lord, I thank you for by His stripes I'm healed, but let me just get over here. Thank God by His stripes. Devil, get your hands off of me because by His stripes I am healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, well, I would never think of doing that. Well, why not? Because our faith is not in the wisdom of men, but our faith stands in what? The power of God. And when you begin to respond to that, you know, just like we go back to the John, John Doe that got the $10 million check. What does that represent in his life? It represents blessing. It represents increase. It represents provision. And it represents power. You're much more powerful a person with $10 million in your hand than you are with $10 in your hand. But how much more powerful is the Word of God? So there's been a suppression. Now, the reason I'm teaching on these things is what I see in my spirit. I had a guy ask me on the phone. What are you seeing in your spirit, Pastor? Another pastor was asking me. I told him. I see a revival. Now, remember what reviving is. You know, if, if, if you fell out dead and the EMTs came and revived you, that means you were brought back from a place of deadness. And that's what revival is, is the restoration or the bringing back into the church of that which should be there. How do you think the Quakers got their name Quakers? You ought to go study that. Amen? I watched a, I watched a video the other night of a little girl at the Brownsville Revival they had over in, uh, in uh, Pensacola, Florida, back in the 90s. And I'm telling you, she was shaken so much under the power of God, giving her testimony how she had been living this life. Oh, I served God a little bit. And then she went to a meeting, the power of God came on her, and she'd been shaken for three days. Shaken for three days. Now, as she began to tell her testimony, the glory of God fell on that meeting. And you talk about some quaking and shaking. There was some quaking and shaking going on. And I've been in meetings, and I've conducted meetings, and we've seen meetings where the glory of God would get so strong that as people begin to respond to that glory, then I'm telling you, there, there, there's times the anointing used to come on me, and I used to shake it, feel like every cell in my body was shaking. Because that's what God wants to do. God wants to step into the natural realm. The proof is Jesus. Jesus is God's invasion into the natural realm. Then He does what He's supposed to do, goes to heaven and releases the Holy Ghost, His second invasion into the natural realm. Amen. So we have the Spirit by measure today so that we can what? So that we can have faith, that our faith can stand in the power of God because that's what you need in your life to answer your prayer, to get that provision in your life, to get that sickness or disease out of your life or whatever. You need the power of God in manifestation. So you need to begin to expect today, today. You need to start expecting today. At any moment, that glory can show up. At any moment, that power can manifest. At any moment, the power of God, the anointing of God can break loose upon me. And in the meantime, I'm going to glory in the God of my salvation. Amen. Well, stand on your feet and praise Him then. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you for the anointing, Father, your blessings of God. Oh, we worship you, Father. How we glorify your name. Now, let me say this. This might help some of you.
the most powerful manifestations of the Spirit I have ever experienced in my life have not happened in a meeting. Have not happened in a meeting. Even though I've been in some services, some that I conducted, some that I was not conducting, where I'm telling you the anointing was so strong you could barely stand. But several times in my own prayer life and in worshiping God, I've had the Spirit of God come upon me in, in a way I cannot describe. I cannot describe. It happened to me when I was in Bible school. It happened to me when I came out of Bible school. That was two times. Happened to me another time in a hotel room in Huntsville, Texas. Happened to me another time in a hotel room in Waikiki, Honolulu, Hawaii. It happened to me another time. Where was that? It happened to me down in Nicaragua in prayer one time. There's been maybe a couple, a couple more that I'm not recalling. But if you will, what I like to call, practice the presence of God in your life personally, then when God begins to move in services, you're able to drink deep from that which God is doing. And in so doing, you're able to experience the full measure of what God wants to do in your life. Because when I look back, in just a few weeks, it's going to be 34 years that I've been serving God on the level that I'm on right now. Not the level of knowledge, but the level of desire. Desire for God. Level of fervency toward God. When I begin to look back over those 34 years, I see such a parade of the mercy and the compassion of God in every circumstance and situation to where I look and view my life today as I stand right here in this church I cannot put any my finger on anything I have or anything I've done that I can take credit for. He gets all the glory. But I get the benefit. I said, but I get to enjoy it. But I get to hang out in it. And that's many times, if you notice, when religion begins to get cold and begins to shut down and, and there's no power, there's no experience. I had somebody call me the other day and talk to me about a church they're attending. Actually, yeah, yeah, church they're attending right now. And they, they made this statement to me, and I did nothing to try to get them to come here, didn't do anything like that, just, just kind of exhorted them. But they said, the people in this church are so afraid of God. And they kind of sit there, and the messages are geared this way, and the singing is geared this way, and they kind of sit there wondering, in fear, what is God going to do to me next? Is He going to give me cancer? Is He going to take a child? Is He going to... I thought to myself, as I was ministering to this person, I thought to myself, how sad. And he says, you know, they're faithful. They come. There's about 100 that come to the church. He said, they come. It says, but I, I've, I've talked to him. I've talked to the pastor. And he said, they live in fear of what is God going to do to me next. Because they have a whole life of God did this. And God allowed that. And God did this to me. And God did that to me. And God did that. I don't have that testimony. I've got the one that says, God got me out of this. And God blessed me with that. And God got me out of this. When the devil tried to do that, God did this. Amen? So we need to thank God for what we have and for what we know, but we are responsible for it, to walk in the light of it and to minister it to other people. Amen? Father, thank you so much for tonight, for your word. 
Thank you for your mercy, for your compassion. It's without measure. And Lord, as we leave tonight, we leave in faith toward you, fully expecting the provision of Psalms 91 in our life, declaring there shall no evil befall us, no pledge shall come to our house. Angels have charge over us. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Thank you in our travels on the airways, the highways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. Thank you that we're protected and blessed. Thank you, Father, in the righteous labor of our hands, out in the ocean, over at the medical center, up in the oil patch, retail, construction, whatever we do, education, wherever we go. Thank you, Father. We're not subject to trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, but we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We thank you that you are a good God, a loving God, and we do not charge God foolishly, for you cannot be tempted with evil, neither do you tempt any man. Father, we thank you tonight for the door of utterance. Let us, let us be an expression of your mercy. Let us be an expression of your compassion everywhere we go, with everyone we meet. Fathers, we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Recovered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.